This year it has been bloody long and it's mm-hmm. finally done. During this year, I've managed to make two short films. And the second one just came out recently on Vimeo. Check it out. I'll give you give it a link on the... Give it a like. Well, give yeah. it a su- subscribe, mate. <laughs> so, Claire, um, that's my short film. It is, to break it down briefly, it is a smart house system that force isolates a musician in order for her to create a masterpiece. It's Siri gone wrong. <laughs> Siri gone wrong, pretty much. Alexa gone wrong. Any of those bloody any, house any systems. Of the, any of the uh, smart systems gone terribly wrong. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's it's a short film, so just watch it. You'll understand what's going on within the first Hope you like it, two whoever minutes. watches it. And if you don't, that's fine. I understand. It's a very um, good short film. Thank you. Hello, Masasha here, and I'd like to welcome you to Fima Podcast, a safe space for people to ramble about films and film-related topics. Unfortunately, we had to re-record because yeah, I screwed up. up on the recording. <laughs> I don't need to go into details. No one cares. We won't talk about but, it, yeah. but you're yeah. not going to hear that recording. No. Yeah. <laughs> so this work. is a second recording of at least the first part of this episode. I'd like to introduce you to my best friend, Space Geek Eva. <laughs> hey guys, space space cadet on call. Let's, I guess, yeah, let's get into it. Let's get into it. Pretty yep. much what we're doing is talking about our favorite films to this wrap up year. The year. Yeah, and mm. the criteria is that it has to be literally released in 2019 or at least it's credited as a 2019, 2019 release. Mm. Um, so we'll start with you, Eva. Mm. What is your favorite film? I feel like like yours is like a bit different, but mine's just the Joker. <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? Like There's I feel nothing like nothing wrong with that. No, I know. I just like I'm like oh I'm so basic. <laughs> no, not at all. I think Joker yeah. was great. I actually yeah. really liked it. I mean, it. I just thought because I was saying before I don't like there were a lot of films that that came out this year that I liked, but I was also gonna do Midsummer. I really liked that film, but I think the Joker. I appreciated a lot of things about it, not just the cinematography, the editing the story, but the way that they depicted mental health, the concepts that they discussed. Um, I think it was well paced. It was beautifully shot. I mean, the acting was just absolutely superb. And I haven't felt so uncomfortable so consistently throughout an entire film. The fact that I find it hard to narrow it to one, one single thing as to why it was uncomfortable, it was everything together. Yeah, definitely. I definitely. think I found it so hard to analyze because everything was working so seamlessly that it was hard to navigate what was causing what feeling because it was just everything together. Mm. I think for me, what was so interesting about the evolution of um, the Joker in the film was the combination of the individual character's personality, the environment he's within and his upbringing. And then also like how people treat him. So all of those things together propelling him towards becoming who he actually is in the end. The way that I described the film was just a, a domino effect. It was just think, one domino pushed and then it all went from there. I guess basically what you're trying to say is that the environment influences the character. The things that happen around him influence him to become who he becomes. Mm, not just like he's a product. He, I think it's really interesting to see how much he's a product of his environment as yeah. well as just who he is too. Yeah. And I think a lot of films don't 
capture that as well or as clearly as the Joker did. And also, like, even just the way they structured the film where the way that they um, discuss or show how mental health affects you, Hmm. like, at the – in terms of the plot at the end where he goes into the his girlfriend's house mm. apartment mm. and you realize that at that point that everything he was imagining mm. like it was all in his head yeah and like that was such a gl- such a good way to show how mental health affects the individual because we were seeing through his story yeah of course we were watching as the you know she was there to support him and stuff so we were believing this narrative and then he was too he was lying that not lying to himself but he was he was making up this story in his head and he believed it as a coping mechanism. Yeah, I just, I just think it was such an immersive film. What do you think the core of the story was? Can, if you can think of one. Because mm. um, I've like only seen it once. The so concept itself? I can't itself? remember exactly what happens. Like the message that I came out with? Yeah, what it was yeah, trying yeah. To tell like, me. Well, what's the, the main thing that the director was trying to show? Because I'm not too sure myself. When I watched it the first yeah. time, for me, what I understood was that Joker is the creation is created by the corruption of the environment. Joker mm-hmm. is an embodiment of the corruption of Gotham in this particular case. That's what I agree. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because I think if you dumb it down even more, if you simplify and make it less thematic to the DC world, I think it's, it's a bit more toxic almost. If you at times, if you dumb it down, did you see a lot of people talking about how they were concerned that it would promote violence in the name of blaming in like if you blame oh that's a dumb reason and also yeah. joker, a lot of people are saying that though I, I gotta say joker is not even that violent compared to like other films like no. if you literally look at like one of the biggest influences to this film which is taxi driver that's worse violence wise superhero films are known to be family friendly and maybe yeah, I think there might be this assumption yeah there's an assumption yeah. that it's meant to go towards this particular route. And of course, this director, Todd Phillips, who I think did pretty well for I think his he did a, an amazing fir- yeah. job. Amazing job for a, for a film that completely shifts from what he normally does. What, what's his usual... Yeah, so I'll give you a general gist of what he's done. He did the Hangover trilogy. He oh did, my God, really? Yeah. Oh, that's right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he did comedies. He did like raunchy comedies. That's films so that just don't really associate... Or, they don't tackle such intense issues no, in such a dramatic not at all. way. So I think this was a nice step for him as mm. a director and a nice change. He he tried to at least give give a core message to this particular story. If you remove the context of DC, what I get out of it is that the environment, like I said before, the environment influences the characters' doings. I think that message is too generic. I think that is just a bit too broad, and I think that's why it doesn't work. For me, 100%. The film itself? The film itself as a story. Yeah. I think overall, though, visually, performance-wise, everything else pretty much with the film, it is freaking great. Like, it is interesting. And like, yeah, emotionally, you are drawn to it. Thankfully, this is a DC film, so you can just put it only within a DC context. I think you're right about it, though, when you remove the context of it actually being a DC movie with Gotham as the backdrop, the story and the message becomes quite convoluted. Mm. Like mm. It, it, it becomes a mental health one, but it's confusing as to what it is. It's Is it justifying violence because of things that happen around you? Because yeah. at the same time, no, you shouldn't. Like I was saying, when I, when I wrote down like 
some of the things I liked. I liked the way they depicted mental health, but in no way am I, I like the way they represented it and how it plays out, but in no way am I justifying that considering, you know, how bad the environment was and how he was feeling that he should have shot three people. What works though, the director was clearly making him be seen as a villain as it progressively went. No, yeah. So he definitely becomes of, a villain in the end. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't I didn't think Todd Phillips was like obviously promoting violence as everyone mm. seems to be criticizing. No, see, I don't think he yeah. did. I just because yeah. it kind of did blur the lines. It was very gray at times. I think that's really challenging. And I think he did pretty well overall. But yeah, unfortunately for me, the general core message that he was trying to say was a bit generic and it made it too complicated as in regards to what it's specifically yeah people saying when you take away the joker it could Mm. be any person yeah and like look don't get me wrong this film is a good step towards a better superhero supervillain story oh my god the only one that i liked like this was logan like there's only two that i can really think of like the dark knight is good like the dark knight series is good Mm. but it's still not the same dramatically as this and logan i don't know i i I like the dark knight but it still felt like quite a superhero movie like in the dark knight you don't really see gotham as much as i liked in this one like in this one i actually understood how bad gotham was but yeah. in other superhero films when they talk about the environment how degraded it is you never actually see it that's a so good you point. don't believe it I and do that's why i like this film so much that. you actually see the putrid environment he's in you see how morally corrupt it is and you see why it's making him like that hmm. and i was like this see this makes sense i i can believe this now um, whereas in the other Batman movies, you just hear about how bad this place is. You don't see it. And it's kind of like um, a little similar to Seven in you know, the movie Seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I like they very similar thing, actually, to the way they talk about the environment so much. Mm. They talk about they never name it. I really like that in Seven. They never name the city. Mm. They just say this place. Why would you move to this place? This place mm. is so bad. This place is disgusting. Look at the crime. And because we're looking at... We're following um, detectives and you see how disgusting these murders are. Yeah. But then you find out that the murderer is doing this because of a reaction. It's also, it's almost so similar to the Joker. He's doing it as a reaction to his yeah. environment. Yeah. And because of how disgusting the environment is and what people are doing and when the murderer does these horrific things, but then he talks about where he lives, it's, it's gray like that too. You start to think he's not that wrong. Like what he's doing is terrible, right? Like it is, but his point of view you get it mm. like he's he's quite morally righteous and and um he's doing it in the name of god in the movie seven like the murderer but it's it's really similar the way that we're we're looking at this person that's clearly been corrupted by the environment so much but in that one you don't see the environment as much you no. see the murders within it you see the murders within this context but you don't see how morally corrupt the background of the environment is you just see it through the writings of the murderer he like writes he right he has this like three thousand journals that they find in his house when they raid his house and you there's a there's just a 20 minute clip of them reading the book reading what he's saying and looking at how he's describing how bad the environment is and how he's trying to fight it but he can't i think i thought about seven on on a second viewing of joker because i'd watched seven recently i i was comparing seven and the Joker and the context and looking at how the environment makes the villain or contributes to them. as And I think they really successfully both ca- captured the environment because in movies they talk about it as a context and as a building block, the background, mm. but they often don't show it enough that I believe that it's actually contributed that much to the yeah. character development. Yeah. But in the Joker specifically, it's really obvious. Yeah. And I think 
like at times I lose him in the environment, but it's important because he's getting lost in it. Yeah, no, I agree with that sentiment, actually. I think overall, like, it felt seamless in terms of the relationship between character, setting, the shots as well. Like, you see why the shots are like that. You see how discomforting it is to be yeah. in this world. Like, I think all... The color grading, oh my uh, gosh. Yeah, well, oh, oh man. I just can't even... The co- How did they do... I just was, like, in love. I was uh, I was making stills of this film and just doing it for, like... It's also good for just composition. Yeah. Like, for drawing, for me to, like, practice composing illustrations. I yeah. was looking at color schemes and also just compositions in this film as stills because it was amazing. And also, we can't forget to mention Joaquin Phoenix's performance. Yeah, totally. His performance is, all, as always, just mm, phenomenal. Like, you man. see him in her... You see him in um, If You Were Really Here. No, You Were Never Really Here or something like that. I can't remember the title. It's Lynn Ramsey's film. Man, it was scary. Yeah. His laugh, like the way that he portrayed the Joker, hmm. I really have to say is if not my favorite. I see like when I compare it to um, Heath, Ledger. Heath Ledger's performance of the Joker, I think they're hard to compare because they're in different periods of the, of the Joker itself. Heath and- Ledger is in the prime where he's like a, a crime lord mm. he's performing he's doing he's, he's performing crime like he's not performing he's he's a crime he's lord and he's established yeah. and he has figured out um, he's got a motivation you know what i mean mm. he's actually doing things to almost provoke mm. um people like the like batman he's trying to corrupt batman in in the dark knight right mm. whereas joaquin phoenix's joker isn't he doesn't have a reason he just is and then society makes him become uh this kind of like revered almost what's the word when you um martyr like Mm. he almost but he didn't die but he becomes a symbol for a revolution that he didn't want to be he just became that like the people chose him and i like that there is and i when i was discussing with my friends after the film we all agreed that we liked that he wasn't actually political at all he wasn't doing anything for political motivations he was doing it for himself and he inadvertently became political uh, a symbol but he didn't do that for that reason. It wasn't yeah. motivated for that. He was just doing it for himself. And that's kind of cool that they didn't... I like that they didn't kind of make it very political at the end mm. um, when when it was all the revolution and stuff like that. And also how it tied in to that revolution he started was when Batman's family was killed, his mom and dad. Yeah, yeah, that was, I, it was a really... Li- I like that, the ending, that this revolution that he inadvertently started was what is where the Waynes died. And it, it eternally ties Batman and the Joker mm. because mm. his origin became batman's origin so yeah no i I think overall i it wasn't like a i wouldn't say it's a perfect film but i'd say it's very damn close i think Um, it's good i I don't don't get me wrong i actually really enjoyed it when i watched it the first time in fact i was to the point where i thought it was actually brilliant oh no i would use brilliant to describe it it was um just a good film is one that provokes the audience and this Definitely I did not provoked. know how to feel afterwards. Yeah, this I definitely was, provoked Yeah, everyone. I did not know how to feel. I was in such shock. It not depressed me, but it emotionally affected me. Yeah. And for a film to do that for such a lasting point, the only other film that did that to that extent this year was Midsummer. I was like, mm. did not know how to feel two days after that. The thing that made it so shocking was it was shocking, but not unexpected. Okay. That was what I think was hard. It was like oh my God, he just shot that guy on live TV. Like that was like, whoa. But also, of course he did. It's unexpected. But then afterwards, when you're reeling from it, you can see how it happened. Mm. And that's what makes it so distressing (laughs) because it's almost believable in the context. 
And I think that's what I, that would be the last thing I'd probably say about the story. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a definitely a recommendation to watch for sure. If you like, haven't you seen it, watch it, need to watch yeah. it. It's a must, but I wouldn't watch it too many times because it's quite emotionally to- uh, taxing. All right. I guess it's my turn now. Yours is very uh, on a different plane. Oh, it's completely yeah, different. Yeah, so different. <laughs> the film is Marriage Story, directed by Noam Bombach. Bom- Bombash? Bombach? What? Yeah. I don't know how to say his Has he, name. Um, what's he directed before? Uh, have you seen the Mayorowitz story? It's got Adam Sandler. Really? Adam Sandler was in a good movie? Oh, mate. He's in um, a film coming for us, at least. It's out in America. So I does think, he already, make but... shit movies on purpose? I've heard that. I've heard he makes those types of movies that we all laugh about on purpose because of a reason, but he's actually a good actor. Is that true? He is a good actor, I think. Really? That yeah. is so funny. I think he's a good actor. It's kind of like what Robert Pattinson and um, Shia LaBeouf are doing at the moment. Where oh, yeah. They're, like, they've gone away and they've had like a internalized moment of like, crisis where they don't know who they are because they were in such big films that were you know i think robert pattinson has always been good though i think he was just he no he, but he was typecast i think Shia yeah. LaBeouf was a good he just been typecast by the transformers films yeah and like i think both of them are in the same thing where they just had that moment of like who am i and they got lost mm. in the commercial side and typecast in films mm-hmm. <laughs> adam sandler sounds similar to that now where they're all yeah. making comebacks but anyways um yeah marriage story it's Bloody brilliant film. I think it's flawless, honestly. Mm, I can't really? pick up on any flaws in my, like, just from watching. Context, I haven't seen this. Yeah, yeah of course. So the yeah. general plot, I guess, to break it down is it's a couple that has a kid and they're going through the stage of divorce. Initially, uh, actually, I won't spoil anything for because I think it's worth watching without the spoilers. Um, for this particular film if it's on netflix but, i'll watch it yeah, yeah like it's on f- netflix now soon, for australia yeah. so just watch yeah. it like that is literally the first thing tomorrow. you need to watch because <laughs> i think it's genuinely the most beautiful film i've seen not necessarily visually but yeah, i was gonna say it didn't look visually amazing yeah. in the because when you said it's flawless i was like it didn't look like they were doing anything crazy cinematography wise no no so performance first off it's very performance focused i can't think of a film that they have been in that's you think has had a, as good a performance that, yeah as that. exceeded in terms of performance like mm. they ha- they've been in really good films for sure yeah but oh man marriage story they they their like personality is so nuanced they really had their little habits little details yeah. in their personality like really fleshed out i wonder the who they based it off i don't know yeah. but you, you just literally moved from beginning to end that's how i felt at least and i think it's happy br- or sad um both or both yeah i think it's both also i'm a hopeless romantic so like the uh, way they introduce it was i was just my heart was already like beating i don't think i am a hopeless romantic so i wonder how this is gonna go when i watch it but i'd like to hear it, what you think of it yeah, yeah well i get sucked yeah. in as much <laughs> do you think it's stereotypical um what do you mean in, by that do you think it's it's all been done the story's been done it's just the way they do it that's better this mm, time not no i don't no? think it's stereotypical I so think what's the it's, basic film about? it's about a divorce they're getting it's literally divorced. about a divorce yeah. the process of yeah. divorce and like how these two characters are literally going to overcome it yeah navigate yeah. through it and okay. um, they have a kid they have a kid part part of it is the argument of who gets custody yeah i don't think it's done in a way that you've seen it in films okay it's yeah. not the typical because it gonna sounds take like i've custody. already seen it before that's yeah. why i'm wondering what makes it so unique mm. i haven't heard about this film no, and i'm surprised because they're both very big actors mm. and actor actor to be actor, fair this is a smaller film i feel like noah's already has always made films that are quite small yeah there was not much publicity for it how do you think this differs from every other divorce story Okay, so first off, dialogue. 
the dialogue feels so real like during the conversation they're tangent away into something else and come back and it's like just, a, a fight does. it's yeah. really dynamic and yeah and like do you think that was improv i think it's actually scripted all of it oh, i wow, want okay. to read the screenplay for it because i want to know where it is improv improv mm. and where it isn't and like the the relationship between specifically adam driver and scarlett johansson they don't they don't despise each other. There's parts of their characteristics yeah. that they don't like. Others they do. But there's still an element of like, I loved you. I respect you as a person and I hope you well. I, I bid you well. I can see why you like it if that's what, yeah. It's so complex. It's so what's like, the end result? Yeah. Do they divorce? I, I don't want to spoil it. Oh, you don't want to spoil it. it. So okay, yeah. watch it because I think it's worth to watch no matter what. How's the pacing? Pacing is great. It doesn't feel long. It doesn't feel short. It feels because that, that's very right. hard for those sorts yeah, of films. Yeah. It does sometimes drag on. And the reason why it doesn't drag on as well is definitely because there's comedy bits into it within the context and within the, the situation. Yeah. It's just so funny sometimes. They have good chemistry. Um, yeah, I think it was brilliant. Because I couldn't imagine the two of them for some reason as actors. I haven't seen them play stuff together before, yeah, so right. I was like, they just seem different to me. But I mean, they must have very good chemistry if you're saying that the execution was um, as successful as it yeah, was. Yeah, no, honestly, they just felt real. That's all I can yeah. say about this film. And also, editing-wise, there's nothing too, like, phenomenal. Yeah. Honestly, visually, there's nothing, like, cinematic per se. Yeah. Um, but that being said, I think it was the right choice to make it more held back in terms of visuals because yeah. the focus is the characters and their relationship. If you show a lot of fancy wacky sort of yeah it takes away all this stuff yeah distract. it takes away from the true yeah focus of the story which is literally how these two characters are gonna move on from this divorce this that they're going through there were moments in the film where the sets were quite literally just an empty room or like just mm. a really basic room that i maybe you could even shoot in this particular room we're yeah. in right now which is just the white well, that makes it everywhere. real right yeah, it makes yeah, it real it makes it more first relatable. off. Yeah, it's relatable. It's Does I say relatable or relatable? <laughs> I don't know. It's relatable. Um, you don't need the fanciness of visuals if you've got a genuinely good story. Mm. And the characters, I think because it's so performance focused, what I, what I, after watching this, I realized you don't need to find a location that has to be like beautiful. It, it just has to be a location that makes sense to the story, of course. The the most important part is quite literally performance. And without that element, it's not a good story. It kind of reminds me of um, Blue is the Warmest Color. I haven't seen it. You I haven't? know it's good. Oh. I need to watch it. Yeah, yeah when, when, when you talk about films that seem so real, that film is always the one that comes to the fore in my mind. Mm, that mm. film does not feel like a movie. Mm. There is no music in it. There is no music oh, at all. It's only okay. music in the actual scenes. That's cool. They don't have any background music. It feel the performances. It's insane. It feels like a documentary. Mm. I feel like I'm literally just watching a person discover a part of their sexuality they didn't know about before. Um, I would recommend watching that if you. It's a different type of it. I think that mm. the one that you're talking about, this film, is definitely more of a Hollywood version. Mm. Um, Blue is almost color. Does not feel Hollywood at all. It just feels. It feels very European. In the way that it's directed, it feels very earthy. I can't describe it more than that. The color grading, the way the shots are edited, everything about the length of it even. It's okay. a very long film. Um, I'm going to have to watch it. would recommend watching yeah. that because it sounds kind of similar. Uh, cool. Give it a watch. Marriage Story. Oh, man. I can't. Oh, it's so good. That is not the film <laughs> I expected you to say. Yeah. I mean, yeah. before this, I would have probably said maybe Parasite. It's a Korean film. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. You mentioned that one Maybe. Last time. 
Oh, no. Actually, what else was it? There was something else. Oh, The Farewell. I probably would have mentioned The Farewell. That's a really good film as well, actually. Highly recommend. But yeah, no, this year has been pretty good for films, I'd I think say. it has been. Yeah. There's been a lot of quality films. There's so many here. films. Unfortunately, there's a lot of films that's been released in America that hasn't been here yet. Yeah. So there's like the films like Lighthouse, which is a, a psychological horror film, I'm pretty <gasps> sure. It's got Ooh, Robert Pattinson sound- oh my and God, Willem Dafoe. Oh, man. And I'm excited already. Yeah, <laughs> there's also Uncut Gem with Adam Sandler, which is apparently really good as well. I yeah. feel like there's been a, a surge in quality mm. lately in the last mm. two years. But anyways, all right, that's the end of Let's the hope you get episode, in anyway. <laughs> end of the year. I am, uh, it's hot. Let's We're going to faint right now. Yeah. Okay. Goodbye. Ciao. Bye guys. See you next year. Oh yeah. Wow. Yeah. Have a good. Have a good Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. I was about to say. And New Year. And New Year. Have a good. <laughs> we might just leave it there. <laughs>